0: Everyone still looks uncomfortable. Perhaps it all remembered that
1: old saying, "Power corrupts." everyone and welcome to second officer slog episode 28 i am your host M. with me is my number one jackson hello
0: it's time for star trek it's time
1: for star trek jackson have you watched any star trek in the intervening month it has not been a month uh, since we last recorded for the record
0: it has been like a week and like 15 minutes
1: it has been a little more than that
0: yeah well no i mean i've watched 15 minutes of star trek
1: oh okay um Okay, I'm I'm moving through DS9 continually. I am in season five still. That's it. That's all. that's happening. This was going to be about the second discovery book, uh, Desperate Hours. Da, de, the other desperate one, measures. Desperate Measures. Well, some drastic. Drastic desperate measures. Hours, desperate drastic hour. Measures? Blah blah blah. Anyway, it's not going to be about that. Jackson is still uh, in crunch mode for school and. Misunderstood the schedule we had, which is fine. It's not a problem. Um, <laughs> so and I was like, "Well, we let's just let's just use. thrust in the bullshit of the Kelvin verse." And it's easy; we can do it in like three hours, and we'll be done. And then uh, we can record it and put it in there. So next month we will be doing the episodes "Data's Day" and Yesteryear. and we'll be talking about the second uh, discovery book. Today, special episode, we're going to be talking about Star Trek 2009 and the comics that surround Star Trek 2009. Um, those yes. those are the miniseries Star Trek Countdown and Star Trek Nero. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, there's another one, but we're not talking about that one. It's bad. It's dumb.
0: We we read it. What do you mean? Apparently, we read the other one, and we're like, "There's nothing here." Yes, it's called it's called stuff.
1: Star Trek Spock's Reflections, and it's bad. And also, it's not really in the continuity of Trek 09 at all. So,
0: and yes, no, it's we'll we'll mention it when yes. when we get there, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. None, of, I mean, none of this matters. But yes. Uh, it's I guess that's I guess that's it that's the housekeeping right let's let's talk about the fucking movie
1: Star Trek, the film, not the motion picture, Star Trek, the film that was released in 2009 is directed and produced by J.J. Abrams, uh, produced by Damon Lindelof, written by Roberta Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. It stars a bunch of people, uh, particularly Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carla Urban, Anton Yelchin, Rip, Eric Bana, Leonard Nimoy, Simon Pegg, Zoe Saldana. I think that's all of the main cast that matters, right? John Cho. Yes. I forgot John Cho.
0: John Sorry, yes. John Cho. Oh,
1: yeah. yes. Sorry, John Cho. Sorry, John. Um, Jackson, why don't you tell me about uh the plot of Star Trek 2009 briefly? <laughs> just, just just what happens in the movie, not our feelings about it.
0: Okay, so dryly, what happens in the movie? Yes. Okay, so the USS Kelvin is on a mission through space, just walking through. Uh, it's a, <laughs> just it's a walking
1: through space. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even do that because it
0: only has one nacelle. <laughs> no. 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 Shut up, we are dryly <laughs> saying what happens in the movie. So, the USS Kelvin is in space doing what it does when suddenly there is a lightning storm in space and a massive spaceship emerges out of it. Uh, it attacks them and they are clearly outmatched by this crazy spaceship. Um, the captain, uh, it's called something, I forget his name. I, I don't actually think that they say his name on screen. But he, the captain goes over to the ship and leaves his first officer in command who is, of course... Uh, kirk george but kirk not yes but not captain kirk george kirk
1: it is um, it is chris hemsworth looking literally half the man he is now
0: <laughs> yes no this is pre-thor hemsworth and he is so small so tiny um he goes over to the ship and the ship is like, Hey, what year is it? What's going on? Uh, where is Spock? And the guy's like, what the hell are you talking about? So this mysterious man on the throne stabs him, um, and attacks the ship and Kirk dies, saving everyone else on the ship. And as the life pods go to safety, um, this is the big mystery of the plot. But anyway, then we go to earth and Vulcan in some parallel storylines. As we watch James T Kirk and, uh, Spock of Vulcan grow up for a bit. That happens next. I've, that, we watch them grow up for about 20 minutes. That's the, all the plot. Uh, eventually, they get old uh, enough to like join Starfleet. Um, Kirk does this by um, <laughs> have it, like grabbing a hurrah's tits in a bar, and then Captain Pike walks in and is like, you're destined to be in Starfleet. You should come to Starfleet. And so he does. Uh, Spock rejects the author of the uh, Vulcan Science Academy because they're like, oh... Um, you've done really well in your test despite your disadvantage as a half-human and because he's a Vulcan he's logically going to own them as hard as possible and turn away um, this means that everyone ends up at Starfleet Academy um, Kirk runs into Bones Bones is there also that's the plot there <laughs> everyone's at Starfleet Academy is there as well Oh, God, how much of the Academy stuff do I actually have to summarize? This is impossible. Three years later,
1: they're all sent out on a mission under the command of Pike while everyone but Uhura and Spock are cadets to go uh, answer a distress call from Vulcan because the rest of the fleet is somewhere else. We'll talk about it. I was about to get mad. We'll talk about it.
0: No, no, we can't, we can't. Anyway, yes. all uh, the only thing that happens in the Academy worth to is the Kobayashi Maru happens and Kirk cheats. Wow, we all knew this. Um, anyway, this is stressful Vulcan Vulcan. The Enterprise goes to Vulcan, uh, but due to a... Due to Sulu's inability to program the basic maneuvers of a staff ship, their uh, lives are no, saved. No, no, no.
1: Due to Sulu's uh, inability to do the things the show the movie says he has to do which are incorrect things that would get them all killed they no late. no no yes we
0: can't, no, we can't. <laughs> anyway so they go late um which means that they're like slightly behind the rest of the fleet and kirk is like oh a lightning storm in space that's a that i remember that. that's the day my dad died we're beaming into a trap or well, beaming into trap. we're warping into a track so he runs to the bridge in an extremely lengthy comedy sequence where he's got big hands um Anyway, he yells at Pike. He's like, "We're running into a trap," and Pike's obviously like, "What the hell? Go! But why are you on the ship? But because he's right and the hero, everyone has to listen to him." Uh, and they are obviously uh, running directly into a trap, and there is Nero's big ship, uh, and it is destroying Vulcan. They have like lowered a um, a drill from their mining ship, and it is like drilling into the planet, uh, while. Pike goes over to the to the Narada, which is Nero um, ship, in the same way that uh, the captain at the start does. They use it as a distraction to have um, <laughs> Kirk, Sulu, and some dude, who is a red shirt and exists to die, beam, well not beam, they can't beam, literally dive from space onto this drill. Uh, they have a fight, they disarm the drill. Um... Chekhov beams them out with some stuff. Anyway, Vulcan... It's, they're too late. They stop the drill, but they've already drilled into the core of the planet. They drop the red matter down there. No one knows what the red matter is yet, but they drop it into the planet, and the planet starts collapsing. Spock beams down and goes into the, like, cupboard where the, um... A high council are standing and is like we have to go right now uh so he he runs them all out and beams beams the high council out of vulcan but obviously as he is doing so his mother like falls down a mountain that is collapsing under her uh and he watches vulcan die and watches his mother die and that is the death of amanda um and that's that's the end of the first half of the movie um after that spock is uh, acting captain of the enterprise um as Pike is uh, on the Narada and Spock is like well we logically we have to go rendezvous with the rest of the fleet and like deal with this ship when we have the firepower to because we're one ship against them we can't do anything let's go to the let's go to the um let's go rendezvous with the fleet uh, Kirk is like you're crazy we have to deal with this now uh, you're you're running away from a fight you're being a coward so uh, Spock dumps him on an ice planet okay that's just that no commentary that is just what happens while kirk is on the ice planet first of all he has to have a run-in with some cdi creatures but then he runs directly into prime spock who has been there the whole time and tells us what has happened in the plot of this movie what happened is that in the prime universe a hundred years in the future in 2387 romulus was destroyed because a star went supernova a star that threatened the entire galaxy Um, spock was sent on a mission in their fastest ship to deploy red matter into the heart of the star uh and create a black hole and like swallow the entire explosion thus preventing anyone's death he is too late and romulus is destroyed he succeeds in like creating the black hole uh but nero blames him for the death of romulus and they end up both going into the black hole one after another nero comes out first uh and meets the Calvin. spot comes out like 20 years later uh and Nero like takes him and forces him to sit on this ice planet and watch as he destroys Vulcan. Spock is like, well, we clearly have to, we have to go deal with this ship. So I'm going to, uh, Spotty, Scotty's next door for some reason. So we're going to say hello to him. Uh, also, he invented transwarp beaming off screen. Uh, so we're going to beam you back on the Enterprise from literally systems away while it's in warp. Um, and they do that, and they emotionally compromise Spock by saying that, um, by like insulting his dead mother. Uh, and then that therefore makes Kirk the captain because he was made first officer at some point earlier in the movie. Anyway, it doesn't actually matter the logistics of it. Captain Kirk's here now and he's going to take the enterprise and defeat the ship. They go and like hide behind, uh, the Titan in Saturn. Um, And the Enterprise waits there as um, Spock and Kirk beam onto the Narada, fight Nero, and bait him into a trap where he runs into the Enterprise, eventually ending with Spock blowing up the red matter and, like, destroying the ship uh, as Nero is, like, owned and almost sucked into the black hole. There's, like, a brief um climatic scene as they jettison the warp core and break themselves free from the black hole but then that is the end of the movie they are fine spock says goodbye to prime spock and hello i guess they they meet up and they have a little moment together captain kirk is the captain of the USS enterprise captain pike is saved but he's in a wheelchair now because remember that from the show uh that's it that's the whole movie that's the whole movie i didn't miss anything that's the whole movie I. that's the movie that's the it. movie you did it that's the
1: movie yes. yes that is the plot mechanics of this movie jackson okay let's I guess that didn't no, make no, no. any sense let's let's start by saying something very nice about the movie okay the soundtrack is fantastic oh Giacchino kills it yeah it's what it's maybe my favorite Giacchino score yeah uh
0: the like the main theme i think it. I assume it's just called enterprising young men. By that's young like
1: the men. big. That's like the big, like boisterous version of it. But yeah, it's just the Star Trek theme because it it appears all over the place in different. Forms. Yeah, it
0: it appears all over the place. Like one of my favorite versions is just the low key one that's like over the Paramount logo and stuff. Just mm. the one that's really quiet. Yeah. Um. In a way that like the way the Discovery theme is used in the show takes a lot of inspiration from. I feel like. Yes um it's a, it's a really good soundtrack it is a good like these are the few modern blockbusters that have a very identifiable actual theme and melody
1: yes which um, i'm actually, gonna not lay at the feet of uh Giacchino to like he doesn't do that on other things because like when he does marvel work he they ask him to do the marvel thing and he does and it sucks like his spider-man score yeah. is the most generic bullshit on earth but that's not on him
0: and i'm not laying that at the feet of sound yes. uh, like uh composers i'm yeah. saying that the way like sound is done in movies is a bummer these days
1: yes um. The, okay, that's the nice thing okay, We can talk go, about the no. movie yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's If that sum- uh, That was me banging my mic, sorry um, If that summary made no sense, that's because this movie Doesn't actually have a plot
1: Um, Oh, it has a lot of plot, Jackson. Oh,
0: it has a lot of plot. If you define
1: plot as the characters running around to achieve a goal, this movie has more (laughs) plot than any Star Trek movie that's ever been made. (laughs) Oh, there's
0: so much goals and so much running around and usually like seven jokes between every plot point. Um I always think of the bit in the middle where he's like I've got to t- the problem is I have to tell them not to jump into the trap so you go okay Kirk tells X person that they, they're jumping into a trap but that's not enough he has to also be like suffering from a disease at this point that he's gotten like to get him onto the Enterprise from Bones who's like given him a vaccine to give him like medical symptoms so he can like smuggle him onto the ship uh, so he's like saying oh, um, what's the line he's, he's doing a thing with his tongue he can't speak I don't remember Yeah, he what has, what he, he has
1: massively cartoon swollen hands and then he has yes. a numb tongue and he goes Nontong
0: <laughs> yes he's literally going so basically the only thing he needs to do is say that's. we know what that is that's running into it uh, we're running into a trap here but also Pike did his dissertation on the exact trap they're running into <laughs> and we're expected to believe that he doesn't know and then like even in, even Kirk says like you did your dissertation you know about the lightning
1: storm this is clearly a trap <laughs> okay so let's talk about all right the, let's talk let, about the attribute. movie no let's talk about timelines now so Okay. Let's 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 sequester all the Prime Universe stuff into the beginning and then we can talk about the movie itself. Because the Prime Universe stuff sucks in its own special, unique way. Um okay. Spock comes from the future like what, like twenty years after Voyager and DS9 and stuff, right?
0: We, we know the year, it is twenty three eighty seven, which yeah. let's um Um Let's look at when
1: um When is what yes. what you leave behind happen. What You Leave Behind? Yeah. The end of DS9. I'm going to, yes, I'm
0: going... I mean, I know what it's called. Uh, what You Leave Behind is 2375. So this is th- a 13... No, 12. That's 12, yes. Jesus. 12 years after DS9 ends.
1: I think they need to move that. I, it has to happen more in the future. Never mind. We'll get to it when we talk Too about late. these books. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. It's all ruined. It's all ruined. Anyway, Romulus, several years after the Romulan Senate gets turned to stone... <laughs> It blows that, that up happens. it just blows up it's just gone it's gone everything's gone by a by a supernova that you would think oh a supernova well it would have expanded it would have destroyed most of the romulan system which means Ramus is gone which is a huge loss remus is gone not so much of a loss uh and whatever <laughs> other planets exist in that system that nobody ever talks about instead spock's line is a star a star goes supernova and threatens to destroy the galaxy that's not how anything works spock uh then he makes a ship that doesn't look like a star trek ship he i guess he made it with the the romulans that's what the movie implies we'll get to how that is weird when we talk about the comics um the
0: movie the, the line is like we sent our fastest ship and it's well, spock he's and like a bunch of he's
1: like i convinced the romulans that i could help them we sent our fastest ship that and that's it uh yes. anyway spock disappears uh Nero disappears in his big fuck off. Basically, it looks like a blooming onion made out of metal. It sucks, Uh, ship. Uh,
0: I mean, it looks like a jellyfish.
1: (laughs) No, it doesn't, because it's too spiky and like layered and stuff. That's not what a jellyfish, like Spock's ship looks like a jellyfish.
0: Oh, you mean sorry? No, I, I yes, sorry, I mean the Narada. It looks I, like a. I, I, we skipped ship very quickly, and I yes, yes. okay, yes. Um,
1: Fucking and then yes. they uh, they enter this universe, and thus everything is split off. So that's the prime universe taken care of. At some point in the future of the books we're reading, Spock disappears, Romus explodes. The books have not reached that point yet in all the books that exist right now. Um,
0: yes, all the books that exist at this current moment have only got as far as twenty three eighty six. To the point where you look at the years the books are set, <laughs> it's like a bunch. Of, it's like a fairly average pace of books coming out between the years. And then suddenly in like 2383, a lot more books seem to take place in that year, 2385, a few more books in that year. And then like infinite books in 2386. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they just can't go further. Apparently like there's a lull in books coming out at the moment as this right stuff gets sorted out in the wake of discovery. Uh, so the theory is once the books um continue if that is a thing that, like, if the rights go that way, uh, they will be able to touch that again. Um, that is a ways off from any announcement. The book stuff has gone quiet for a while, but that's the hope is that yes. they'll be able to, like, tackle what that is, and for, at least for the book universe, because until Star Trek actually goes past this and creates a canon answer, um, we'll get to set up what the status quo is. I'm very interested in their version of this, because the comic version of this is fucking terrible. Uh, so they're not going to do that again.
1: Yeah. Uh, comics are um, the most dubious canon of all.
0: Yes. Second only to Star Trek uh, Online.
1: Yes. Like, I'll take fan films over either of those things.
0: (laughs) God, you know it. Yeah. But they fucking blow off Romulus. Blow up Romulus on screen in a movie about a different universe. Yes. Off screen.
1: (sighs) Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get to the comics. Don't worry about it. Uh, Yeah. So they go back to the past. This universe is... So, like, this is the big, like, problem with this, and it's kind of the Discovery thing, but Discovery's good and Star Trek 09 is bad, so it bothers me here when it doesn't in Discovery. The point in which Nero comes through, it is the exact same universe up until that point, and then it deviates from there, but only the people who were affected by the events that happened, and Butterfly Effect, whatever. Obviously, James Kirk's childhood is very different when his dad is killed by Nero, as it is, like, whatever. But the Klingon Empire just continues on being the Klingon Empire for the most part, right? Well, yes. With caveats, again, we'll get to the comics. Well, we'll get
0: to that <laughs> and the next movie. Yeah, uh,
1: but the comics, the comics uh, do a lot of bullshit with the Klingons. Um, yes. And uh, instead you get J.J. Abrams' idea of the new futurism, which is everything looks like it was made by Apple and lens flares aren't everything. And people joke about J.J. Abrams and lens flares, and it comes out of this movie because every fucking shot is an obnoxious lens flare that shouldn't be there.
0: Yeah, the art design is just really strange and doesn't look like Star Trek. Like people say that about Discovery, but watch this movie and Discovery in any kind of like quick succession, and it is obvious how like much care has been put into Discovery's design compared to this in terms of at least like retaining some aesthetic sense of Star
1: Trekness. Yes, like
0: Kirk is riding a motorbike that doesn't have wheels. Like it's got no. wheels, but no, no spokes. The,
1: the cop is riding that. Kirk is riding Kirk- just a mo- motorcycle, right? Nope. nope. Oh
0: uh Kirk is riding th- in that in that scene. Kirk's riding an old vintage car, but when All he's right. riding his motorcycle as he's like riding past the Enterprise and riding into uh, the shuttle, he definitely has one of those like it- it's like a wheel, but there's no spokes. Like it's clearly held in place like a hover thing. um It's very like oh, we're in a movie. It's the future, therefore everything has to be futury, uh, and it just doesn't make any sense. Like it m- this makes Earth much more confusing. There's like a faceless robot cop. It says "citizen" to Kirk, uh, like as part of his scene, and I'm like, "Wait, what does this imply about like the police on Earth? What does this but also, like, mean? also mean?" There's this?
1: like Podunk bars in Iowa where like, yes, every like Starfleet people treat like the citizens as like backwoods hicks.
0: Um, they sure do. Yes. It's, and yeah, and so you just basically get this cartoon universe made up of like sci-fi tropes, none of them really from Star Trek. Um, as like Kirk himself as a character in this movie is ter- is terrible. Okay, so
1: might as well just talk about the cast since we're here at this point, right? Since we've yes. talked about what... So, they re- obviously, there's, like, outside of Spock, there's nobody back, um, and that's old Spock. Like, there's, like, a whole thing about, like, Shatner wanted to be in this movie, and they said, no, that would make the movie terrible, and it would. Um,
0: well.
1: <laughs> it would have made the movie worse, because like, old Spock is, like, the best part of this film. Absolutely. Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> like... I don't know if that's true
1: That scene with him and Zachary Quinto at the end Is literally the best scene in this movie Are you kidding me? But then he
0: has to say a supernova will destroy the galaxy And I'm like Spock you're literally monologuing The like utter complete Like someone throwing away decades of your work
1: Yes Uh, Anyway because they have to recast everyone They also take the time to retool some of their characterizations Uh, Let's start from the bottom up with Scotty Played by Simon Pegg Who is only a delivery vehicle for jokes at this point
0: yeah, basically, he. So, what does he do? One, he abuses his, like, weird um alien friend. Yes. Because
1: uh, it jokes. Because jokes. Because he's cause short jo- and weird.
0: Because we, we need a short, weird alien friend for him to, like, insult, because yes. that's his character thing. He, like, constantly refers to ships as, like, man, I want to touch her big nacelles. And I'm like,
1: hmm. Yes. Also, he killed <laughs> Admiral Archer's dog. <laughs> <You> fucking. <laughs>
0: And they call it, they say, his prize beagle, which implies one of two
1: things. Uh, It implies to (laughs) me that Archer continues to buy beagles and name them Porthos the Second, Porthos the Third.
0: So, it is either Porthos live forever, or Captain Archer, now President Archer, which is canon, um, continue to buy identical beagles. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love it
1: um scotty's bad and sucks that's just straight up yeah then then we have john Cho sulu uh who's fine he is not he is not the presence that george takai is with the same amount of no material
0: no not at all uh but he he does a fine job um the like fencing gags
1: bad well so in the in the movie's only good action scene uh, he's like, oh, I, I've trained in fencing. Uh, and then when he goes to pull out a sword, he doesn't, he, it's not a fencing foil and he doesn't know how to fence. He knows how to like do modern movie, like jumping around capybara samurai fighting. Yeah, Like he's just doing flips and rolling people's backs and doing, whoosh, 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 whoosh. and I'm like, that's not fencing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, cause but, he's
0: got a sword that like. He flicks it out and it basically like rolls up in parts like yes. Ivy's whip.
1: Yes, it's like it's like what if a box cutter could turn into a sword?
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's it's um,
1: it's a weird design. Um, he also gets the joke that you mentioned in your thing where it's like, oh, he doesn't know how to make the ship go, and then Spock's like, you have to turn off the inertial dampeners. If you turn off the inertial dampeners and go to warp, everyone on the ship dies. That's what happens in Star Trek.
0: Yeah, so like the joke is, have you turned off the handbrake? And then Spock like says it um you know he's like oh, have you re- for- removed the inertial dampeners and he hasn't you know and I but is that I know just enough about star trek technology that that's not what that is the inertial
1: dampeners <laughs> mean that when you accelerate to faster than light you are not like mushed into a millimeter long paste across the back wall of every room
0: have you, you so he needs to turn on the inertial dampeners
1: <laughs> yes they should be on at all times honestly and when they fail you should not be going fast
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um
0: so it's a bad gag. It's like it. I mean, it, so it reminded me of the gag in um six, um, mm. Star Trek six, undiscovered country, where Uhura is like read like everyone's flicking through these massive books to try to translate Klingon, and I'm like, "You're Uhura. You you know Klingon."
1: Yes. Uh, so then we have Anton Yelchin, Rip as uh Chekhov. Uh, he is maybe secretly in like the one or two scenes he gets that are not about his accent, the best brightest part of this movie the he's scene where really he's good. just being all, like be, running around being like a genius and everyone's like how old are you kid and he's like S- 17 18 he's really young um he's is 17. really good it gives him something to do that is not just be the russian joke because the russian mm-hmm. joke part is terrible
0: yeah and it's so like because it happens again like because because this movie is walking the line between being like a modernization and a tribute because it, that's what it has to do you still get him being like I speak Russian. I say Vs as W's and it's just weird. But Anton Yeltsin's really good at tr- like walking this line with his bad material, which basically no one in this movie gets like great material. Like some actors fare better than others. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh Yelchin does really well um with what he is given. And it's really sad that he is uh, dead now because
1: he's great in this movie. Uh Bruce Greenwood as Captain Pike.
0: Oh, I don't he, like it, Bruce Green was fine, but yes. I don't like Pike in the movie at
1: all. Uh, our friend Crass uh, on Twitter uh, accidentally blundered into the perfect observation: is that Chris, uh, like Pike in this movie, is every uh, military recruiter that would come to your high school and tell you whatever it took to get you to join the military, and that's what he does to Kirk in the bar in Iowa in this movie. It sucks.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 like worse than that because unlike every uh, military career in high school he's not lying um because usually like the spiel of oh you know you you've got to join uh join the military and prove your worth because that is your like you're destined to do that like in this movie, it, like, textually supports that. It is yes. actually true that this is their destinies. And, they, like, it really it brings, like, destiny stuff into Star Trek, which yes. just is, no, that's never what Star Trek's about. Star Trek, re- like, rejects predetermination and destiny at basically every single turn. Like, Discovery had an entire thing about, like, um, Lorca, you know, talking about that stuff. And everyone was like, <laughs> what are you gone insane um like that's how starfleet and star trek characters react to those concepts and here it's just played straight in earnest like it's star wars or something yes um it's it's really weird uh so then you get um you get pike delivering these speeches about like oh this is what your father did i dare you to do better as uh kirk left alone in the bar with like this challenge to join starfleet and become a better person also
1: you you should not join starfleet to become a starship captain to spite a man who says you you can't do it Well, that's the thing, is that he is
0: not told to join Starfleet. He is told to become a captain. Yes. There is no... This this story and this universe affords no pos, like possibility for Kirk other than becoming a captain. That is the only thing he has to do. He like there is not even the sense that through his academy like days he would be anything else. And yep. I know there's like a lot of critique of these kind of movies, right? Like where you get just the male hero who is meant to be like this is like every Marvel movie. Yeah, he is just that character. It is a stock character that is in everything and it is always terrible. Yep. Uh, and putting it in Star Trek is one of the worst places for it.
1: Yep. Uh, then we have Zoe Saldana as Uhura. Uh, Uhura in this is explicitly made a exolinguist, which was not the case of Uhura in TOS. She was just a communications officer. She is also yeah. in a relationship with Spock. Uh, I am of the opinion that Zoe Saldana is not a particularly great actress, unfortunately, and I, she's not given a lot to work with here anyway, so all this whole role is a giant waste to me.
0: Yeah, it's a real bummer. Also, she good. is
1: subjected to the worst. Like, Kirk, when he first meets her, he, she's like, oh, I'm a, I'm an exolinguist. I bet you wouldn't even know what that means. And then he, like, t- describes what it is. And then jokingly at the end, he's like, that means you're really good with your tongue. And then he prat real, falls into her boobs good. and then spies on her while she gets undressed and pesters her for her first name for, like, literally three years. <laughs> yes
0: literally three years and then like she says it when she's like making out with spock before uh they beam on their final mission yes of course she just makes out with spock on the transport yes family.
1: also her entire character arc is being like the strong black woman to support spock when he's going through emotional ter- yep. turmoil she's like i will do what you need me to do just tell me what you need and he's like i need everyone to perform admirably and she like tearfully nods and is like yes i will do that for you spock it sucks it fucking sucks
0: yeah yeah, so, like, when we say, like, she's bad, that's because the material is so terrible. Like, we're not great fans of her as an actor, uh, but that's, like, separate to how fucking dire and regressive the material is. Like, yes. it's so bad.
1: Uh, um, it's really bad. Fucking TOS Uhura would never. Never. <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: Where, where are all the days... Uh, where are the days... Where's the story about Hera spending her entire academy getting ripped?
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's not like... I'm not even opposed to her and Spock being a couple. Like, that's implied in early TOS. Like, they're hanging out, singing songs, and playing harp with each other in the mess hall. Like, that stuff's great. I would like that in no. this movie. Um, but
0: that's not how it's... Because, go- like... She like that relationship is played as like a teacher student thing, and she's like hounding her about like you didn't put me on the Enterprise, and she's like and Spock's like I did not want to give the illusion of favoritism, um, and then she's like no I'm you're putting me on the Enterprise because you know that's what you're gonna do for me, and it's just awkward and terrible and uh, it's bad it's bad it's bad
1: ah yes so then we have. Carler Bonn as Dr. Leonard H. McCoy. He
0: gets absolutely nothing to do in this movie especially.
1: Uh, he shows but... up drunk and he's like, oh, call me Bones. Uh, or he's don't, like, don't, no, don't yeah, the I joke think... is, the joke is my wife took every, took half the damn plan in the divorce. All I'm left with is my Bones. And then he takes a swig of his alcohol and goes to Starfleet. Also, he joined Starfleet at 35. <laughs> uh, bones is great i
0: like fucking carl urban kills it
1: yes he oh, is so good at the, as grizzled extremely attractive very good at doing an impression of deforest kelly <laughs> dr mccoy
0: damn it man no and, like what he has to do is like escort fucking blubbery hands kirk around like it is insulting again like either the shit is like hers plots which are like actually regressive and awful or just bad in the case of um uh, bones stuff. Like no one really gets anything to show off their like characters yeah. in the big. There's way.
1: like a there's like a really good scene where uh McCoy is complaining that uh Kirk continues to take the Kobayashi even though he loses every time, and he's like, I don't know what you're trying to do here. You're not proving anything to anyone. And as they're walking, all that Kirk does is say hello to like every lady that walks past them on the campus. It's amazing. It's like so
0: you get the note right the from culture, I guess, that Captain Kirk is a ladies' man, is always, like, you know, seducing all the women or whatever, which isn't true. Like, he's, you know, there's lots of plots like that, but that's not actually his character, but whatever. You get that character, though, and the way that it expresses itself is he literally says, hello, ladies, like he's Austin Powers to every single lady walk that walks past and does fucking cartoon, uh, like just bulging eyes as it turn turns in a comedy sense as anyone walks past him. And it's like heightened to a degree of like beyond parody. This is just shot for shot what an SNL parody of Captain Kirk would be like.
1: Yes. Which it's, I guess oh. is like leading into our feelings on Chris Pine, who is I think he is a fine actor more or less with the material that I've seen him in other movies. He is terrible in this. The misunderstanding of Kirk as just a swaggering ladies' man, hero of every Marvel movie, because they just make him into modern cinematic hero, and it ruins what Kirk is about. Like, Kirk is a person who can be charming and ridiculous and overbearing sometimes, but he's also the person who will, like, make sure that everyone on his bridge acts in accordance with the best parts of their nature and will always go back to help his enemies and will play chess with Spock and quote poetry and be interested in literature. And these are things about Kirk that matter. Um, and instead he is just an idiot who goes into Starfleet to become a captain because some guy in a bar dared him to, and then fails upward into getting kicked off the ship and then made captain two weeks later. He goes from cadet to captain of the Enterprise, the flagship explicitly in this universe still of the fleet.
0: Yeah, and that happens in, like, a day?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, he goes
0: from joining the Academy to captain in three years, but the him being a cadet and being snuck on no not even a cadet he is a cadet who is currently on academic suspension
1: <laughs> yes
0: like not he is below the rest of the cadets snuck onto the enterprise and within about let's say let's be generous and say 18 hours in universe time he is the captain of the enterprise for the rest of the time that and that's kirk's career
1: yeah it's really bad uh and his whole I, there was a thing you tweeted on Twitter that was like, Kirk's whole arc is that he is super obnoxious, and then he's sad for 30 minutes, and then he becomes the captain.
0: So, yeah, so the thing I was saying on, on Twitter, which is, like, my actual takeaway from this movie... Uh, like, we we are going to, in a minute, go into all the fucking Star Trek lore shit in a big way. Uh, but the actual, like, thing with this movie and what it makes me think of is that there is a bit in every single movie that is a, usually a big blockbuster movie, um, for the most part. It isn't always true, but almost entirely. There's a bit... About uh, like two thirds of the way through, or half the way through, where the cap, uh, the main hero, the protagonist, his who has been nothing but cocky and right all the time, is sad for about twenty minutes, uh, and then acts like he's learned something. But if you actually look at the scenes, n- he has done no learning. Nothing about his faults have been acknowledged, and he hasn't changed in any way. Well, like, the the Kirk thing, the thing, changes.
1: the thing that Kirk has learned in this movie is that he is fated to be best friends with Spock, and so I guess he might as well be.
0: Yeah, like he just learns this is your destiny. And so someone's at the beginning of this movie, someone says, This is your destiny, you should do this and he goes, Yeah, I guess I will. And then someone in the middle goes, This is definitely your destiny. He goes, Oh, you're right, I'll calm down. It is my destiny. And that and then he goes to make Spock punch him. Like it's fucking all over the place bad.
1: Um Which uh I guess is the perfect intro to talk about Zachary Quinto as Spock. Who's really good. So he is an incredible Spock. And like, there's a reason he kind of became the breakout, like character of these movies going out of it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But his material is all over the place in what Spock is meant to do in this movie
0: it's all over the place but like so kirk is very consistently terrible he is terrible in the same way in every scene he is the most consistently written character in all of cinema uh spock however depending on the scene is completely like seven different things
1: yes so Um, we're introduced to spock already a commander uh he is legitimately the commander of the enterprise when it goes out um and he designed the Kobayashi Maru that Kirk is taking and resents the fact that this young upstart dared to cheat and just seems like a giant stick in the mud even though we're already shown his background is rejecting the society he's been built into and like willing to like thumb his nose at authority in the face of like things that are just and right <laughs>
0: Yeah, so what we have is this this um, parallel storytelling thing where you see Kirk and Spock as they grow up. Uh, but if you like think about how stories work, you have Kirk's scene, which is he steals a car. A cop tells him, don't steal the car. He destroys the car and then jumps like off a cliff for no reason, barely survives, and is like, I'm Kirk. That's it. That is the scene. Uh, cut to spock spock is rejected by um a bunch of bullies and beaten up uh and then like fights back for like you know the honor of his human mother um and then talks to his mother a bit uh or does he talk to sarek first he talks to sarek first he talks to sarek first and then when he's older he talks to amanda yes but essentially, it's him connecting with his parents. It's him saying like, "I don't know what my place is in this world. I don't know uh, if I fit in, and I don't know like which like what I should where I should go from here." And his parents essentially reassure him that it's okay to, to like follow your heart, blah blah blah, uh, and then he does by. Like, that culminates in him going to the Academy and rejecting their offer because of, like, their bigotry. Because they're super
1: racist. (laughs)
0: Because they're fucking, yeah. And through those four scenes, you have a clear arc, a clear, like, sympathetic motivation, and a reason to root for this character. So the idea that you are immediately, like, reintroduced to him as a commander and you're meant to, like, relate with fucking, like, awful uh obnoxious kirk as your like cool hero who's but also take down the
1: stick in the mud but also they don't even play spock realistically in that scene because spock would at least understand where kirk is coming from
0: yeah like everything about the kobayashi maru is ridiculous like yes. it, because it well, it really works in wrath of khan for the metaphors of that movie but because it's just permeated as culture as a thing that kirk has to do and tying spock into it is like ludicrous as they're like, Oh, like the whole point is he cheated and therefore he beat the test. He is thinking outside of the box um, and he can't accept like, you know, a no win scenario. Yes.
1: And then uh, most of the movie is after Vulcan is destroyed, it's about to Spock being like clearly upset, but unable to focus it because he's too busy being Vulcan and in control. But also everyone is clearly aware of this fact because no one believes Vulcan bullshit in this universe because everyone's emotions are heightened all the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. and he's literal, actual first officer that Pike made Kirk and the medical officer on the ship. Don't say anything about it and just let him literally beat Kirk senseless before they do anything.
0: Yep. Uh, he, and he has to realize himself that he is emotionally compromised. That's not how Star Trek works or anything. Oh, no, I like the fact that, like, Kirk goes back, and the only person able to realize that he's gone too far is himself. He's still the only fucking responsible one. Yeah, but why didn't McCoy
1: go, maybe you should go take a breather as the ship's doctor? He's not, he's not a, he's also, like, just a physician, right? Like, he's like, oh, you're established as the physician on the ship.
0: Well, so, um,
1: he is the chief medical officer by that point. Like, he's in the
0: attack, a lot of, like, the higher-ups die, so the cadets have to become their character, their, like, roles in the show. Mm. Uh,
1: Voyager. (laughs)
0: Uh, yes, a uh, are doing that by literally the guy being unable to translate something, so he wa- walks off screen. But also,
1: she is a lieutenant when they get there; like she's not part. She's not still in the academy.
0: Oh sure, uh, but I like that scene as like a hilarious. Everyone else has the death, but he just goes, "I'm leaving. Goodbye. I can't do this." Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. There's a million like ways this plot could have gone differently, and because there's no. Um, driving character like there's nothing there's nothing in the story it's meant to like you think if you would describe this movie to someone you would say the heart of this movie is the relationship between kirk and spock and how they come to understand each other it's like what someone would say but it is textually not in the movie because they don't learn anything about each other they don't Hmm. ever do anything because kirk doesn't change
1: you know all that happens is they hate each other's guts for an hour and a half until old spock shows up and says in my universe you're best of friends and kirk's like well i guess i can do that
0: yeah, like it's just the and like we were just talking about this as a thing that jj abrams movies do like there's no story there's just like a thing will happen and a lot of music will play and he'll do a big shot and you'll be like oh i guess that's the same thing as a story being told now that we are in the next phase of the story and they're friends now and that's okay uh and like it's just, like when you actually think about it for two seconds it all falls apart
1: especially since so much of the original star trek is built on the idea that spock mccoy and kirk exist as a th- three different types of looking at things in the universe and Mm -hmm. you have Spock and McCoy as diametric opposites and then Kirk has to be the middle way that is friends with both of them and brings them together in an unlikely friendship and finds the truth that exists between their two extremes this movie seems to want to do the same thing but make McCoy the person who's in the middle but they don't actually give him enough material to actually do that so all that happens is you have two extremes that have to bounce off each other in ways that are supposed to be either jokes or drama and manage to be neither
0: Yes, and also, what like, the movie is, like, one of these extremes is right. Yes. <laughs> like, it just is, like, we have to follow up. Like, Kirk is the captain, therefore Kirk is right. Therefore, when Kirk says, we have to blindly go and attack the ship. With Except he's ship. not
1: the captain, he's an, he's a cadet on academic probation.
0: <laughs> but, like, Kirk has an idea. Like, Kirk yes. has to be the captain. Therefore, when Kirk says, Like, we've constructed a scenario where Kirk has to be right. Even though, like, logically you do reunite with the fleet that is actually your best option i understand why spock makes that choice and everyone's talking like he's some kind of like coward for running away <laughs> when it's he's not it's just because kirk happens to be right in this like very ludicrous way like they only come up with a plan to defeat the ship when um old spock has like filled in all the details about the like red matter before there's literally nothing they would just be running to their death yeah like so spock's made the right
1: choice cuz Just yeah, it's it's a. uh, I hate this movie so much. Yeah, it's it's representation of these characters is very bad. (laughs) Straight up. Also. As we move out of these characters, the fact that the entire fleet is once again not anywhere <laughs> near Earth or Vulcan, even though those are two of the founding members of the Federation is hilarious to me. It may be the most accurate thing to the start the original Prime Universe <laughs> Star Trek that exists. So, yeah, so the, the, the classic one of these is in Generations, right? No. Where the line is like... The classic Ooh. one of these to me is in uh, 4, where the whale probe comes to Earth and nothing exists to thwart it. <laughs>
0: Yes, I always think of the one in Generations because he's like, "We'll just go a quick trip around Saturn," and then a distress signal comes in, and they go, "We're the only ship in range." And I'm like, "You're at Saturn?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Also, why are the Buck like uh, the Elorians near Saturn? Yeah. What? Why is the Nexus going through Saturn? <laughs> yeah. You think someone would have noticed if the ship is nearby Sol system in the heart of the Federation?
0: Anyway. <laughs> Uh so the entire fleet is disposed with something in a system somewhere. Yes. Um which means they have to send out their student fleet. Yes. Because they have a student fleet which doesn't make like surely the cadets would be distributed evenly between like every vessel and not
1: all put on the student Also vessels. someone is teaching those kids and it's people who were once on starships. Yep. There's no,
0: it, there's just, it doesn't make any sense when you think about it for two seconds. And also yeah. it doesn't actually make emotional sense in the like moment that's meant to drive you along and like tied these messiness together. Yeah, It's just bad. Uh, it's a bad movie because we were, we were expecting going back to it that like we would, we'll, we we'll get mad at the lore stuff, like the Romula stuff, um, everything about uh, like Vulcan just being destroyed and that happening in like a montage. um everything about like oh, th- why does the Calvin only have one nacelle why? why? We'll get to that, we'll talk about that stuff in a second <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and like that's the things that we get mad about in this movie and like specifically it was always the fact that this movie did huge uh, in terms of its critical reception, it brought Star Trek back, the narrative around it was that Star Trek was back and fresh again and so for like, people like us this movie held like a really depressing place as the death of Star Trek no, or whatever. No, that's
1: not true because for me it was always like, I don't like this movie but i'm glad it got new people into star trek because no one else was making new star trek and like nemesis was terrible
0: uh that's that is a better position i was in the other one i was like oh this is the cultural like it makes me sad that this is what when people think of star trek they're gonna think of this movie luckily what they actually did was made an even worse movie and killed it immediately um so uh like now discoveries are here now uh, like beyond was a great movie for like what it was like not incredible or anything but it was, it was i enjoyed my time with it um and now i feel like i'm hype about star trek again also i've embraced the fact that i can just read the books anytime there is infinite star trek out there yeah i will never have read it all um so like i'm in a better place about it this movie doesn't matter uh like it doesn't hold any sway over what star trek means to me and also in a wider cultural context so i was hoping that i'd be able to enjoy it more just looking back at it as a thing that doesn't matter uh no it's a bad movie
1: it's it's even worse than i remembered, and i remembered really disliking it so yeah um. Oh, so let's just run down the things we complain about. Okay. But also, one this, last thing. The scene at the end with Spock and Old Spock is legitimately great. And like yes. the perfect encapsulation of what this movie could have been if it was written by people who cared about Star Trek. In which Spock's like, oh, I'm going to resign my commission to help go rebuild Vulcan. And then he meets uh Old Spock. And he, from it's from behind. He thinks it's Sarek. And he's like, father. And he's like, Old Spock goes, I am not our fathers. And they have a conversation. He's like, uh, you need to stay in Starfleet because... Starfleet needs you. You need Starfleet. I know this. I'm going to go help Vulcans resettle on another planet. Uh, And then they say farewell and it's really touching and good. Uh, I like it a lot
0: it's really like it's undercut by the destiny themes of the movie because if those hadn't been there and instead what you just had wasn't like destiny thing but was spock looking at himself knowing what his him, he needs as a young person and giving that to himself as like a gift like that's emotionally impactful uh
1: yes and to be the- fair leonard nimoy plays it that way the movie just is bad <laughs> like, around it
0: <laughs> yes no and leonard nimoy's great in that scene zachary Kinter's great in that scene that scene is like earnestly good um but it definitely gives a picture of like what this movie could have been if it understood thematically what it was about in any way.
1: Okay, time for nerd shit, Jackson. All right, complain no, about I'm a thing. You go. Oh no, uh, we okay. No, we can just trade off until we run out of things.
0: Uh, okay. What the hell is up with the design of every ship? Uh, specifically, the Narada and the Jellyfish. What happened in the twenty fourth century?
1: Uh well, you see, the Scimitar happened, and they saw Nemesis <laughs> and was like, "What that, but worse." <laughs> What if the Simatar had infinite like arms that yeah. all
0: glowed green?
1: <laughs> uh the redesign of the Enterprise, uh one is bad in the sense that they make the engines like these huge hot rod engines. Um whoosh.
0: they've got whoosh designs they, on them. Yes.
1: Uh and it's even worse in the next movie where they have flaps that move. Um They do? Yes. Oh God, I can't uh, wait. The Enterprise itself is also twice as big for no good reason. Uh they make it so- enormous. <laughs>
0: What's the breakdown on that? Because it's got it's got two sizes, right? I, yes. I need to be this I need this to be clarified to me.
1: Oh, I don't remember specifically what the answer is here.
0: Well, not what the numbers are, but like it, it's bigger when it's shown from the outside, but the like decks are the same yes. right, or something. Yes. Like
1: the decks are the same, but also like when it's put against a thing for scale, uh the model they use is literally twice as big as the original enterprise. It's it's enormous. It's as big as the Enterprise D, but it looks like the old Enterprise.
0: Yeah, it's it, it, it's Ugh... It's not
1: what the Enterprise is. That's not what that ship is. Yes. And the
0: the, the explanation was always um.
1: It looks cool. Oh, that was literally the explanation. It doesn't. Yes, I know. Uh that ship is trying too hard. Yes. Uh also those engines have like afterburners on them. And uh so much of that movie, like at the beginning, I remember everyone who play watched that movie cited that scene at the beginning where that lady sucked out into space and the sound goes out. The rest of that movie, including the scene directly after it, is just pew-pew noises and engine burns the entire film.
0: <laughs> yep, and they have, they have, like, one shot to be like, with this is science, we are bringing Star Trek back to being grounded again. And then, literally, the Enterprise has, like, X-Wing guns.
1: Yes, because it <laughs> fires a phaser burst instead of, like, a phaser array, which is not how it, that works. It's not how that works.
0: Yep, no, when they destroy Minerata at the end of the movie, they just, like, unload all their torpedoes and just fire a bunch of pew 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 uh and like the I like you just imagine when I hear that I just imagine like a kid holding a model of the enterprise and having it go pew pew pew, pew, pew and it just it's wrong. It's wrong on a fundamental level. Yes. Uh it yeah.
1: So there's that. So what else is there? Uh
0: the Kelvin only has one cell. <laughs>
1: the Kelvin only has one cell. That's not how warp engines work. Warp engines are not propulsive. They generate a warp field bubble. That's why you need two of them because they support the bubble on each point and the bubbles generate around the ship. This is dumb. This is not how anything works. Also, they changed engineering. Like, basically, they shot in a brewery and they were like, what if we just make this engineering and not redress anything? So it just looks like a fucking brewery with some like <laughs> warning labels attached to things, which means it doesn't look cool and there's no warp core. And so when they eject the Core as part of the plot, he hits the eject warp core button and then, like, 12 blue little cylinders shoot out into space because there's like 12 warp cores now. That's not how anything works. Star Trek. The please don't do is this. That the
0: warp core is like a system of piping, yes, like in
1: a brewery. And I'm yes. like, <laughs>
0: uh especially because like to me like when i think of warp core i just think of the enterprise um d D set i just think of that engineering set like that big core i know it's not like voyager has a very different styled core the enterprise yeah but it's uh, still the big
1: tube where the thrumming happens and you need that that's what star trek engines are
0: (laughs) oh for sure but like specifically it's also um uh, like when they changed how the sets worked for enterprise like that was a very different older warp core yeah but it's still a big thing where it's got to like it's the big thing it's the center of that set It's always the center of the engineering set is built uh around the core that is an idea and they will go back to that idea in a movie's time because of what the, uh, we'll talk about that in a few episodes yeah um yeah and the the nacelle the nacelle on the um uh on the kelvin when he like thrusts in uh will like just like burns up like an exhaust yes yeah any more nerd yet we got i mean there's a lot We could. Go there's a lot there's
1: shit. a lot if if they only need a drop of red matter to destroy a supernova star <laughs> why does spock have like an exercise balls amount worth of red matter
0: <laughs> an entire exercise ball
1: <laughs> it's enormous yeah,
0: they literally show a shot of him like, taking the teeniest drop, putting it in like, a uh, cylinder and throwing it into space, and it creates an entire black hole. And the movie ends with him destroying all of the red map, and it creates an exact same size black hole. Yep. <laughs> Even though what he's done is launched a, a billion of these like tiny atoms that create black holes right next to Saturn.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) No. So, the entire of the, like, soul system is fucked.
1: I mean, they close them by blowing up the warp cores, right? Like, the warp core. Yeah, because they they... dump the warp cores into it, and that's what closes the breach, because they they can't escape. It
0: doesn't close the breach. It, 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 they don't say close the breach they say it is going to blast them free yes it is but part not.
1: of that is that it, like in a very star trek way it also closed the breach because that's okay. what happens when you blow the, up a breach
0: the effect shows the breach closing i just
1: read that as we're out of the
0: danger it's past yes now. as
1: someone who has watched enough tng to be able to tell you how most of the ship systems work dumping the warp core breach is totally or the warp core <laughs> into the breach is the thing jordy would recommend and then they did that and it worked
0: they should have said that then Yes, no, they, they definitely should have said for... that Because what they make it sound like is they're doing a rocket jump from Quake Yes <laughs> Um, yep
1: There's a lot of bad things in this movie
0: Kurt eats could've... an apple during the Kobayashi Maru
1: Yeah, he does He And then he like does finger guns and goes pew, pew, pew As the uh, Klingon ships get destroyed And it just looks like a video game
0: Yep <sighs> here's a weird hmm okay yeah i have to say that now here's a weird question uh how much this isn't about star trek it's just using star trek as jumping off point how much is this kirk naruto uh
1: zero percent
0: okay because my cultural understanding of naruto is also kind of this but i don't know if that's true
1: no because naruto is like like he's like pervy because it's anime but he's like a good kid who wants the best for his friends and everyone kind of shits on him because he messes up all the time but he's like never portrayed as not a good person
0: okay just wanted to know just wanted to know that's in the in no, the lineage. Naruto of Naruto is like what
1: if Goku knew what sex was?
0: Hmm, that sounds bad. Like, you're yeah. not selling me like-, and like
1: look, I like Dragon Ball more than Naruto. But also, Naruto has like 17 <laughs> other characters that are also cool, and Dragon Ball has Piccolo and Vegeta.
0: <laughs> Who's the Rock Lee of Star Trek?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh Garrick, probably?
0: god damn man okay yeah sure yeah fine i'll accept that
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, do we have anything else because we're talking about narrative no we could talk about this forever but the movie fucking sucks and everything about it makes me sad and i get why this is people's in on star trek and we'll talk about that a little later but okay yes we got it feels so dire and it feels like every one of these like every movie marvel puts out now and like even the new star wars stuff which is like i like most of it but it's not not this uh it's just a bummer yeah this movie is so much like counts to what i expected It is actually more depressing now
0: that every movie made since then has been identically this movie exactly the same every single one mm-hmm. uh, and obviously it's not entirely true i have watched other movies i don't you know it's not 2013 anymore i don't see every big movie in the cinema because i live a better life but it's still it you like, live a poorer
1: like... life i wouldn't say you live a better life <laughs>
0: I no i live a better life
1: if you like, could afford I'd, to go to the cinema every weekend you would also still be part of the conversation on every big movie come on uh
0: more more of them but yes not all of me
1: them. like i would be too i'm not saying that you were a special here i would do the same thing and unfortunately it, i were broke no, no, so i am broke but i've
0: also started a podcast network where i'm doing much better stuff yeah that's true uh but yes um <laughs> it's just fucking every movie uh like we watched that avengers trailer and because of the like way this is every movie essentially they have 10 identical dudes crossing over and every single line is the same quip that could have been from any of them and like if Kirk was in that movie he'd fit right in like not in the universe but he's the same character he's all we uh
1: we recently watched Doctor Strange and I feel like it's been a like legitimately traumatic event in my life (laughs) because it's so fucking bad in all sorts of ways but the amount the reason like the fact that they wrote that movie thinking people would identify with that character as the lead and like want to see him grow and change through the course of that movie is unfathomable to me and he's just like a more serious version of Kirk but like in Zelda Strange
0: he's literally the exact same person as Tony Stark yeah I know they they wrote him that way because people do sympathize with that character and every other one yeah I mean the difference
1: is is Robert Downey Jr. has charisma and Cumberbatch does not as we'll talk about next time we talk about one of these movies (laughs) but watching that happen it's just the same thing as Kirk was an asshole and then he learned a lesson except he didn't really because he's the special man who has to be the leader of everything at the end
0: Yes, he is told that, and then he, like, insults people 5% less. Or when he does, he does it slightly quieter. Yes. Like, <laughs> that's really the only difference. And then I'm fairly sure the first time we see Kirk in Into Darkness, he is, like, or at least after the terrible opening sequence, he's making out in a bed with two uh, aliens.
1: Uh, I'm so. pretty sure the first time we see him, it's fucking up an entire planet's history. I meant, I said after the
0: opening. Oh, okay.
1: I didn't know if that was the op- if I th- I didn't know if there was a different opening. I just remember that stuff, which we'll talk about when we get there. We'll talk about it. Yes, no. We'll talk because about month, because probably. the thing with this this movie is that it's mostly just bad on its own terms. Uh, Into Darkness is bad <laughs> as a film, but also it ruins everything about Star Trek. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I am very excited to revisit it. I haven't watched it since 2013. Uh, I remember it being... Because of how I felt about this movie and because of, like, everyone hating O Nine 9 and it being just so abjectly terrible and essentially killing Robert Orsi's involvement with the franchise forever, uh, I, I, I... I'm glad Into Darkness exists in a way that I can't be for this movie. <laughs> so I'm going to see how I feel about how fucking bad it is. Like maybe I'll just be able to revel in its disaster. Oh, okay. I, we're, we not- we have yeah.
1: we still have two two comic oh, book miniseries fuck. to talk about, Jackson. We so do. Let's Shit. let's stop this and let's go into a musical break, and we will be back with more comic books. When we say
0: we can talk about Star Trek Forever, we are lying. <laughs> In comic books uh to the movie star trek is called star trek countdown uh it is written by tim jones and mike johnson with a story by alex kurtzman and roberto orsi it is illustrated by david messina uh you know came out uh april to october 2009 um no it came out april 2009 i'm reading this wrong it was a series at some point. It started okay, start in January, and then the movie... The, didn't the movie come out before it then? I don't know. Have, don't ask
1: me. That's um, usually how that works. The time comics usually are after the movie.
0: No, this came. these four comics all came out before the movie. Okay. Um, I wondered how that was going to go. Cause, like, there, the the events of this are played as a twist in the film. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, okay, how much do we really want to go into it. So, it's all set in the Prime Universe.
1: Yes, basically. this is all set in the Prime Universe. Um, and it Nero, begins... Nero is a miner on Romulus, and he's got, like, a wife and a salary, and it's great. Times are great for good old Nero. And uh-huh. then, yes, he's got hair, too. Spock is on Romulus, uh, trying to broker the peace between Romulus and Vulcan. Uh, he oh, It opens with Spock saying, and I quote, Friends, Romulans, countrymen, we share the same ears. And then laughter, sound effect.
0: It's one of the worst opening lines. It might be the worst <laughs> opening line to a, any Star Trek thing I've ever... Like, that insults me. Like, it, it, the insult is only mitigated by the fact that this is a fucking comic and no one cares. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> but God! And then Spock goes on to elucidate that uh the Hobus system, which is nearby, it's in Romulan space. The sun's going supernova, and... It's going to go super special, Supernova, because it's a comic, and it's going to expand and eclipse all the galaxy if they don't do something. And the Romulan Senate's like, our scientists, don't say that. You are clearly wrong. This is heresy. You were just a Vulcan spy. Boo hiss. There's literally a sound effect that is someone going boo, and one of them going outrageous, and one of them going, this is all a Vulcan plot. This is just the plot of Superman now? And it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes it is. Uh, anyway, uh, Nero who saw the sun begin to go supernova out in the Hoba system is there watching this and he goes, I think this is a thing that's happening too. And Spock's like, well, we should team up. And so they team up and become best of friends or something. And they're like looking at the supernova through a telescope. Like, well, if the Romulan Senate won't help us, we need to go to find someone who will and thus uh, Nero gets Spock on his ship and goes into the Federation to ask the Vulcans for help because the Vulcans have something called... What's the compound, Jackson? Do you know off the top of your head? Decolithium. Decolithium, which they can use to turn into red matter, which could maybe collapse the supernova. Anyway, on the way, they're waylaid by Remans. Um, Remans suck. If you haven't seen Nemesis, don't worry about it. They're just like psychic vampires that lived on Romulus before the vo- Romulans got there, which sounds stupid, and I promise you it's even worse than you could imagine. Uh, <laughs> And they're just they're just being menacing as Remens are want to do, but then the Enterprise shows up to save them. The Enterprise in this it's the Enterprise Easto, which makes zero sense because they blow up one of those every five years, is commanded by Captain Data of the USS Enterprise. Uh that's the end of the first issue. Uh I'm just gonna scroll through all this stuff and get to the second issue. Uh Data is like, oh, I'm here to help you get to Vulcan, right? That's what happens. Yeah, the gun of Vulcan. And on Vulcan is uh uh Con. is Picard as the ambassador to the federation on vulcan but they're a founding I'm... member of the federation why do they have a federation ambassador that's not how things work and why is it picard <laughs> yeah picard doesn't have any special affection for vulcans he mind melded with two of them that doesn't mean anything vulcans mind meld with anybody
0: yeah no every single time
1: vulcan shows up in any star trek episode they have to Mind meld, it's just the law. Uh also on their way to Vulcan, uh Nero is going through the Enterprise's computer system, and most of the things are classified, but one of the things that is not is the history file. So he looks up and sees the face of James T. Kirk, only so the line later in Star Trek 09, where he says, I've seen your face in the history tapes, makes sense. It's a it's a reference, get it? A reference. Yes. <laughs> Yes,
0: it is. Anyway, they talk to the the Vulcan High Command and they're like, oh, uh, no.
1: They're like, we can't give this thing that can be turned into a super weapon to the Romulans. They'll turn it into a super weapon. And Spock's like, uh, <laughs> they're going to be destroyed. And the Vulcan's are like, not our problem. JK, JK. And leave. Uh, and uh, then they'll, well, they'll, everyone's like, oh, what do we do? And they're like, well, we're main characters in Star Trek. So we just do what we are going to do anyway without approval. Because that's what Star Trek characters do. But in the meantime the sun has expanded to the point where promulus is fucked
0: yes and like uh nero's heading back home and he witnesses the explosion of the planet and everyone dies and he like sees his wife in his mind as the planet burns yes and you're like rip wife and so drawn badly
1: yes (laughs) God, and so the next issue So the next issue is Nero shaving oh that's just the first panel. Sorry, I'm flipping yeah. through these really fast. So uh he's like hanging out inside Romulus Space, and then the first three Federation ships arrive, and they're just like three Oberth class vessels. Like they really don't matter. They're the ones at the round front. Um and they're like, we're here to provide assistance by like the most dad-looking captain in the world, and Nero's like, we have please ready your transporter pads, to receive our wounded, and then he just beams on bombs because Nero is now ready to avenge the Federation, and then Or ready to avenge Romulus on the Federation. And then the Romulan High Command beams aboard as, like, actual survivors. Like, oh, you're the last ship in this area. Please beam us aboard. And the Romulan senators show up. And one of them is holding a big trident, which Nero has in the movie. And then he grabs the trident from him and stabs the senator. And he's like, you betrayed our people and killed us all. And then he shaves his head and tattoos himself because every time Romulans mourn someone, they're supposed to like shave their head and like mark their faces with these markings. And they're supposed to just wear off over time. But Nero's so hardcore. He's like, no, we're going to all tattoo ourselves. So we'll remember the dead Romulans in our lives forever. It's
0: fucking big boss at this point. I hate it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Spock uh, gets the... uh, Gets the jellyfish ship, which he apparently built with the Vulcans or Picard. It's not really sure. Oh, right. No, no, no. Yes, right. Because it's introduced and then they come around to how it was born. Right, right, right. So Nero is now meeting up with like, I assume it's supposed to be like the Talshiar or something. It's a bunch of more militarized Romulans that are hanging out in space. And they re-outfit his ship, which is a mining vessel, with a bunch of Borg technology that can self-heal, which is why his ship looks like a crazy, spiky thing, even though in the movie he specifically says, my ship was just a mere mining vessel in my time, and now it's killing all of you, uh, which immediately flies in the face of everything. Anyway, yes, they meet with Jordi LaForge, who is still kicking, and he's the one who's going to help them get the red matter, and he apparently built the jellyfish ship. Um. And he gives it to Spock because originally they're debating on who's going to go and do this. And Spock's like, I will go. I am the oldest person. Uh, And so if it fails and I die, at least I will have lived my full life uh picard's also really old at this time so i don't i don't know they could have sent picard he's probably a better pilot than spock let's be real
0: he's not he's not super old this is only like a a couple of decades after nemesis sure like with how long humans live in this universe like i think he's fine oh wait well he was like already hang on
1: wasn't picard already like old yeah picard is like in his 80s probably at this point
0: oh right because of how okay i forgot they already did the aging the like uh the way
1: Aging works to Star Trek on Picard like he's like yeah.
0: 60 in TNG but doesn't look like it.
1: Yeah. Um anyway, Nero with his new Borg ship is now fighting like seemingly the entire Klingon fleet uh guided by General Worf of the Klingon Empire. <laughs> uh-huh. Who he then like asks to beam aboard. Uh or Worf beams aboard to like fight him hand to hand and then he just stabs him with like a Borg spear. It's stupid. And then you think Worf's dead until he beams aboard the Enterprise or whatever, and then he's not dead. Worf's not actually dead, I guess. In case they wanted to make this canon, they can't kill Worf. <laughs> uh,
0: what but they can make him a general of the Klingon Empire, which didn't bother you because you were so worn down by how bad this comic was, but it really bothered me.
1: Yes. Uh, we don't want to give spoilers about where Worf might end up in the future for people, but he should not be a general of the Klingon Empire. Yep, he sure shouldn't. Yeah, that is bad. Anyway, the things that happen in the movie happen, and the red matter, blah, 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 everyone gets sucked into time. And then Picard and Data on the Enterprise are like, and there went Ambassador Spock, never to be heard from again. And that's the end of this. That's what happens. It sucks. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> it's fucking bad. No, The amount no, of like no, 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 Nero's
1: like, ridiculous angst in these is He's so bad clearly they cared so much about this sympathetic villain they had created and he's just the worst whiniest boy
0: so in the movie like nero just sucks and he hates everyone but they like write him as if he's meant to be a sympathetic because like his planet was destroyed so yeah. like there's clearly an angle at least in the script definitely not in the performance um that like your mentor and on some level feel bad for nero because he represents the failings of the federation that they have to fix even though actually what they do is blow him up um and none of like in the comic you're like he just starts off as a regular Romulan he's working with Spock and he's like you're meant to feel bad when this tragedy happens and the old Nero dies and he becomes villainous and like no I don't he's near. I don't care the one thing I care about is that time in the movie where he goes hi Christopher I'm Nero that's it
1: (laughs) yeah because uh eric bana plays nero as if uh he's had his like wisdom teeth removed and he just like (laughs) tries to form words and it's bad and it's not that he just can't do like an american accent i've heard him do it it's fine
0: and but that 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 shot i just that shot's amazing he's like guess that line but because it's star trek 09 he's like on the view screen which is also a window which is like fluctuating as the camera's panning and there's six lenses, and also, he's just also he's like,
1: he's like three inches from like the, whatever camera is pointed at him so yeah. it's just his entire face <laughs> filling the screen
0: <laughs> filling the screen as there's seven like distortions just going hi Christopher I'm Nero <laughs> and then you see his backstory in this and it's just shit yeah um, and, like I don't know it's there's another comic about Nero Yes, we're not done with Nero and his fucking tragic backstory.
1: Yeah, uh, we're not going to run through this one issue by issue. Nero, this is after he destroys the Kelvin, but before the rest of the movie happens. And th- that's a 25 year gap in which in the movie implies that he's kind of just hanging out in space, kind of like Lorel and Vok did after the Battle of the Binary Stars but for 25 (laughs) years which is ludicrous in its own way but i guarantee this answer is even worse
0: (laughs) (laughs) because they're like oh we had to wait because the, the the reason there's a whole convenient gap for exactly how long everyone takes to grow up is because that's when spock shows up and that's when he like makes his plan happen uh instead here the reason it takes 25 years is is
1: well, one, a lot of the uh, the Romulans on his ship are like, well, we're here in this universe now. We might as well just go like live on Romulus because it's not going to be dead for another 130 years or whatever. And he's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Take one of the ships. And then they go take one of the crafts. And then he immediately blows up that craft and be like, fuck you all. Uh, vengeance or death. And so everyone chooses vengeance because why wouldn't you choose that uh, given the option?
0: I was hoisted by this. I was entirely hoisted by this. Why? I was like, "Oh, I'm glad he's letting them go. That's at least a good bit of characterization." For oh, he's no, he's not great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, he gets in a fight with the Klingon Empire here, right? And that's what happens. Yes, yeah, so he fights the- Be-
0: because, like, there is a distress call where Klingons are attacked by a lightning storm. Yes. Um, in the movie which in the movie it's just like there must have been klingons around where, but like where spark came through so he destroyed them and that's like the all of that all that but this happens way before that
1: in this this happens way before that yes yes uh because none of this makes sense anyway he fights some klingons and he loses even though in the 24th century he destroyed the entire klingon fleet yep (laughs) uh so these klingons from 130 years ago totally own him which i guess is like the sickest burn on the klingons that they could come up with well it's
0: immediately after um the kelvin instance. so it's like meant to be oh while we're repairing they're like striking while he's down essentially
1: the kelvin uh, did not do like a ton of damage to the Narada, though
0: well the, the, the implication is that um kirk's sacrifice did the actual damage okay that's dumb but okay. it's bad what right. do you want for me anyway it's movie.
1: they they capture him they throw him in jail they're like ha romulan well we know what to do with you which is what they do to every prisoner the klingons <laughs> have ever had which is that miro goes to ruripente which is the frozen ice mining planet where the klingons mine stuff uh i don't know if it's supposed to be better or worse than practice but it doesn't explode so i guess it's a better place to hang out if you're sentenced there <laughs> yep um and there, he start, he he's very sad and mopey, and he meets a human who, what's the human know? What is the thing that the human knows how to do? I don't remember now.
0: Oh, I fucking don't remember.
1: Yeah, there's a human who doesn't matter, who knows how to escape or build a ship or some bullshit that doesn't matter.
0: Essentially, he spends like two issues, like he's not talking, because he's new, yeah. he's too hardcore to talk. So he's like communicating telepathically to his... um. Well, no,
1: what he's doing is a lot of drugs, which is, he is doing oh, no. tri Yes, uh, which is just the thing that McCoy supposedly shot Kirk up with in a mock time, which made him fake die. But also, like two, like three oxygen atoms are just ozone, and ozone is not a drug; it's just a gas that exists in the air. Um, all of this is stupid, but it gives him expanded psychic powers, so now he can like telepi- telepathically communicate with his crew, even though they're all in other cells. Yep. So he's like
0: giving them instructions and communicating with them. Like we like have to put everything together. He's also in telepathic communication with the Narada, because the ship calls to him. The ship also yearns for revenge, yeah. uh, Because the Klingons are spending like twenty five years trying to break into the ship and like find the secrets of its technology, but they can't work the systems. They can't turn it on. They can't do anything because it's like linked to his mind, and his mind will never break. Um, And then it flies off.
1: (laughs) Yeah. To the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, they go to the Delta Quadrant where they encounter the, the V'ger we, cloud. Yes, yes. And
0: Nero's still in prison. So he's just... His mind's on the ship or something. No, they've contro- escaped
1: by now. Wait, have they? Yes, they escaped from Ravente. I thought that happened later. Okay, no, whatever, ignore me. Yes, no, they escape. In my memory of this. But, no, really they escape. See. but he's still controlling the ship with his mind because he's like, I don't even need the controls now.
0: Wait, so he is doing that, but just for no
1: reason. Yes. <laughs> Oh, this sucks so much. I think the implication is the rest of the Romulans are now like, even if they were siding with him, they don't—they're totally unnecessary. He could kill them all with no thought. Even though there's no implication he has super psychic powers in the movies, they'd be really helpful. Maybe he could divine what their plan is and prevent them from doing it.
0: He just yells fire everything like. Yeah. That's not... <laughs> um. God, what a fucking terrible crime. But they do go to the VJ cloud. Yes,
1: yeah, so they go to the VJ cloud. Uh well before Spock would ever get there in the prime universe, uh assuming he ever gets there in this universe, we'll never know uh, and there they interface with it, and he's so strong psychically he can just resist it, he can like communicate with it without it trying to take him over like the Veger cloud does um and there he he uses its infinite tele- like uh computing power to divine where spock is going to come into this universe also he states that the v'ger cloud is unable to assimilate him thus making this also kind of vaguely canon that the v'ger cloud is a borg technology thing yes (laughs) which is my favorite like recurring fandom canon yes Yes.
0: (laughs) never even alluded to in the shows
1: yeah no Um. uh and, that, and that's he it, Spock. he's got the information, yeah, and then he finds Spock, and he's like, Spock, like- you will witness my doom, and then there's just a splash page of Spock on the ice planet, with a Vulcan in the Win- background.
0: Witnessing doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so he does the thing at the video cloud and there's like an entire issue where it's literally just the things from the movie happen. <laughs> Yes. Oh, it's fucking terrible. Also, it's, I guess, all of the Azure Cloud now. stuff
1: is just like sket, like drawn over stills of the motion <laughs> yes. picture. It's bad. All of this is bad. It's badly made. It's badly written. It's badly drawn. Everything about it sucks. Don't ever mess with this stuff. Star Trek oh. comics, not even once. Please say no. We're gonna read way more. I mean, we're gonna
0: re- people like that ongoing, so you know.
1: Yes, that uh-huh. doesn't mean they're good.
0: I I know that, but you know okay. what, it, you know. Uh, I'm interested, at least. Okay. What, what one of these comics would be like disconnect Because they're connected to one of the worst movies. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Friends, Romulans, countrymen, we share the same ears. Ha 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 It's all bad. I'm glad we never have to think about Nero again.
1: Yeah, no. We're done. No more Nero. He's a Romulan named Nero. (laughs) He's a Romulan named Nero. Also, Romulus burns. Yes. It does indeed burn after being turned to stone.
0: Yeah, but those two events are unconnected. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It must really suck just being like a Romulan living your life in the late 24th century.
0: (laughs) It really must.
1: No. Anyway, uh, that's that's what we've got for this. Those are the comics. They're bad. I hope you've enjoyed the talk. We're going to take a short musical break, and we'll be back with some questions. It's time for questions. If you have questions, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Jackson, we asked people to send us questions and thoughts on these Star Trek films. Would you bring us the email questions? Okay, so the email questions. We first have one from Ryan, our friend, friend of the site, on the
0: site, Ryan. Everyone knows Ryan. Firesidefriends.net, Ryan. Firesidefriends.net, Ryan. Okay, I'm just going to read this whole email. Hey, folks, I didn't grow up watching Star Trek, so this movie was the first Star Trek thing I remember seeing. Being a kid who preferred action over dialogue thanks to video games and the Star Wars prequels, I prefer the dialogue in the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, enjoy... I
1: also prefer the dialogue in the Star Wars prequels, but not in the yes. way you were implying through this. Uh,
0: no, I, I know what I mean. You know... Uh... Some consider to be on no, nope, no, stop, stop, stop.
1: Not this podcast, not now. The line must be drawn here. <laughs> Lucky, mindless
0: action sci fi was my thing. I often, I also thought it looked amazing and I remember it being one of the first movies I wanted to own on Blu ray. Looking back at it now, while I still think the set design is cool, it's not, it's bad. Um, uh, <laughs> I found the cinematography often obscured the sets in a way that made me feel bad for people who worked in them. Uh, that is correct, that is true. Upon rewatch, I was struck by how video gaming it felt. Everything either leads up to killing the big bad in a way that feels predictable, uh, everything leads up to killing the big bad in a way that feels predictable and boring. The movie doesn't have anything to say thematically, nor does it have any fun banter between the characters. Kirk and Spock hate each other, but not in a fun way. It's like watching two children have a school fight on the playground than it is watching anything resembling their TOS dynamic. Anyway, we all know it's a bad movie and there's plenty more I can talk about uh, that you've probably already covered. My question is this, how does this movie compare to the other bad Star Trek movies. I haven't seen any of the older Star Trek films yet. I've heard nothing but bad things about the TNG films, which all seem like a combination of green screen nightmares and not knowing what to do with those characters anymore. Also, as someone who hasn't seen much of TOS, is Wrath of Khan watchable as a standalone film. Uh, brackets yes yes it is everyone go watch wrath of khan immediately especially before the next
1: podcast no um. not the next podcast because so we're not covering that for oh, a while the, but
0: the next kelvin podcast yes um i know this podcast isn't about into darkness but i feel i but i feel like i still have no larger context for the ways in which that movie is a slap in the face of wrath of khan Or, oh. yep i would love to compare the two films when you get around to doing into darkness well you'll be able to because it's all we'll be talking about <laughs>
1: Uh, no, there are other terrible things we can talk about. We recently were joking about how bad Into Darkness was, and I recounted the things I remember as being bad at that movie, not even touching on the Con stuff. And Jackson was aghast. Was, uh, they were like, you summarized the entirety of that movie and why it's terrible without ever mentioning Con or anything about Con." <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, you can totally do that. There's a whole bunch of shit about Carol Marcus's dad in Section 31 in that movie, too. It's also bad. Uh, yeah, no, the entire eight minutes at the start might be the worst stuff Star Trek's ever done um the one thing i will say about these movies and i will say it more as we get further in because this movie doesn't have it as much incredible Mm. makeup effects uh really good beyond in particular has some of the best alien creatures in the world Uh, the
0: alien i think of in this movie which i assume is cgi and not makeup but i don't actually know is the one the the doctor from the start with the massive eyes yes
1: but there's also like just a guy with a big alien head and that dude's just a makeup
0: Mm -hmm. yes
1: um like there's like there's a guy in the bar also who is just a dude with the weird head who is just like a different kind of mourn, basically and he's great too
0: yes uh, no, but no beyond has incredible makeup it's the one yeah. that is the most th- this
1: um so what was um, the question oh bad Star Trek film how the right? movie
0: compare to other bad Star Trek movies well for so its work, so
1: what do you want to find with the bad Star Trek movies let's talk about this real fast okay okay we this is gonna take a moment so so uh so one, do you count bad, one do, you, a good movie. do you count search for Spock as a bad movie?
0: Haven't seen it in forever. Like, I do, but... uh,
1: But no, right? But no.
0: But like, no. But it's not the same
1: thing. Is, Is Final Frontier a bad movie?
0: I feel like the opposite about it than I do Spock, and that it's probably a worse movie. But I'd rather it's, watch it. It's
1: absolutely <laughs> a worse movie, and yes, you would rather watch it, one hundred percent. Both those things are true for me. Also, I'm not saying that you're wrong here, and okay, I've watched okay, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, I watched them recently. Okay. But I, I don't it's, even, I don't even know if those are bad movies. I think the TOS movies are fine for what they are. Also, it's really hard to separate them being part of like a big overarching plot that those movies have, uh, even when individual mm-hmm. entries are bad. Um, the TNG movies, however. Three of the four of them are fucking terrible. And the fourth one is only half good. So, and I don't mean that in order because it's not. Anyway, Generations is a terrible film. Uh,
0: Fucking awful movie. Uh, Kirk's family die in a fire
1: uh picard's family died a fire kirk's family Shit. has been dead for years
0: really tired um <laughs> picard's family died a fire uh entirely so the villain can when he says time is the fire in which we burn he is also referring to the literal fire in which picard's family burned
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah that movie is bad for all sorts of reasons uh probably a better movie than this
0: uh definitely a better movie than this
1: First contact, First contact gets Picard gets Picard entirely wrong, uh is full of jokey bullshit that doesn't belong in Star Trek, in my opinion. Still by far a better movie than this. Like, really watchable. I think it's garbage, but for really specific reasons about how I read the TNG characters, that have nothing to do with the quality of the film. The film's fine. Mm-hmm. More or less. Yeah. There's some like, there's some weird standard, stuff about Lily and Picard that is bad, but you know, whatever. Yes, neither here nor there. Yes, there is. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: but watching it as a kid, um, like, that, I I love that movie on a kid. And, like, it doesn't play anywhere near as good when you've seen TNG because of all the data stuff feels like rehashes, whereas when you just watch it as a standalone movie, it feels fine. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a better movie than this.
1: It, Insurrection. Like, no question. Actually a pretty a, solid movie.
0: Yes. Much better movie than this.
1: Yeah, the last um, 40 minutes is bad and full of action stuff, but Star Trek 09 is full of bad action stuff all around the movie. None of it means anything.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, like... It, Insurrection is the only TNG movie that has just scenes of characters hanging out. Yeah. um As a scene of like Geordie and Picard watching a sunset that I always think about with Insurrection. Like it's just characters having moments. Uh, and it's the only one of those movies that gets well, to do that.
1: So, Nemesis. The first 15, 20 minutes of Nemesis, aside from the part <laughs> where all the Romulan Senate turns to stone, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Yes. There, there's there's like a really nice event. There's some cool like stuff about them doing diplomacy. There's like a joke about Picard wearing a ridiculous head thing as he goes and does diplomacy. Uh, he's like, oh, cancel the fish sur- uh, course in the meal because we have business to do. It's a movie. Uh, that stuff is like, oh, these characters are still warm and it's nice to hang out with them because they're my friends. Well,
0: you're, you're, you're talking about insurrection?
1: No. The head thing is from Insurrection. Are you sure? Oh, right. You're right. The head thing is from Insurrection.
0: Yeah, all the stuff with the, the deployment. Right. The, the event God. in Nemesis is a no, different No, you're totally
1: right. You're totally right. Oh, it God. It is a
0: similarly structured, we're all wearing dress uniforms event, yep. but it's a different no, event. You're right.
1: Okay. So, the first five minutes of Nemesis, <laughs> aside from the Romans and Attorney to Stone, pretty all right. Nemesis is full of things that are, like, contemptible in a way that the Treko 09 stuff is just bad and tired. Um, like... I hate Nemesis more. I think it's what it is, is meaner and shittier. Um, it is probably a better made movie than this, though.
0: Yeah, so like we talk about Oh, the, uh-huh. the CG uh-huh. is absolutely
1: uh-huh. worse. Don't get me wrong. The CG in that movie is bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we, so in 09, we talk about the horror uh-huh stuff. We talk about how like hilarious it is that they managed to make a more regressive movie than like the TV show that in the 60s. Uh, Nemesis is worse. Nemesis has one of the worst and most regressive scenes in all of Star Trek. Yes, uh, it makes Picard do something unthinkably evil. Yes, uh, and, and it's and not even—it's not way. even
1: like the thing the movie's about. It paves—it's like happens in five minutes, and the movie never refers to it again because yeah. the movie doesn't even realize what they've done because the director didn't know the first fucking thing about Star Trek and didn't even like Star Trek and was probably a racist and definitely hated women.
0: Yes, de- definitely, <laughs> and so like this thing happens in the movie the. If you think about that in the context of the Picard's character and the other characters on that ship, it's one of the most horrific things that Picard's ever done and should like ruin him forever and it's barely a plot point in the movie. It doesn't matter. Yep. So that's the kind of movie nemesis is. Uh it holds together more than 09 just on the strength of the cast being together yes. and like interacting. Um but it, it, you know, it's a toss up in many ways.
1: Yeah uh so yeah you should definitely watch wrath of khan uh you don't even i think you can show wrath of khan to people who've never seen star trek and they have a good time i showed it to my partner all she had seen was trek 09 and knew about star trek from like popular culture and she had a great time it's fine wrath of khan is the best star trek movie and it's approachable by anyone i think
0: yes wrath khan's fantastic you should watch, yeah. watch that well, uh, next like it's next pretty- email question jackson <laughs> next email question we had one that came in like ten minutes ago just got it under the wire uh, from Tristan now sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly um oh from Ivandas in the discord okay thanks thanks vandas first off I'm so sorry you'll have to revisit this yeah you know and we the things we do um secondly i know you've talked a few times about the way kirk has been warped into how he's portrayed in 09 where do you think this comes from was it people projecting shatner's view of the character or some something else uh i feel like we cover this in discussion it is the the uh, character that every man in a living yeah. like every also, man big movie has to be
1: also it's like the par like there's so many parodies of kirk that existed because Star Trek ran for three seasons and then there were six movies and that's really all that exists. There are so many like Mad Magazine and Zap Bradigan and all of the like parodies of Kirk that you'd see on like a Saturday Night Live sketch. It's like here's a Shatner Kirk type and Shatner himself has been playing similarly the same broad joke of himself for 40 years now at this point. Uh, that That's where it comes from. It comes from fucking him and all of the pop culture around Star Trek. But when you look at Kirk and one of the things I didn't bring up is it's amazing that they went with like we want the young hot version of Star Trek. And one, they mostly missed on getting people hotter than their original counterparts. <laughs> um, sure did. um, but also there's something really important about the fact that Star Trek is a bunch of people who are like adults who know their fucking jobs. Like the competence level of Star Trek is part of the reason those shows exist and work. Uh, and the, these movies have none of that. Like, everyone's just a buffoon who either is special at their job or an idiot who manages to, like, bum- bungle into the right thing in their job. The
0: the bit where, like, Chekhov knows how to do a very, very specific and difficult transporter thing is technically one of the most, like, this is a competent thing happening uh, of, like, an actual technical display. And it is, like, buffoonishly done as he's sprinting around being like, I can do this, I can do this. Like, it's a ludicrous scene. And yes. that's how the movie portrays, like, com- uh, competence. And it's the most on Star Trek thing. Yeah um yeah like because you were talking about how like kirk is incompetent in this movie and that just breaks him entirely because you need to know he knows what he's doing
1: (laughs) yeah like you might not agree with everything james kirk does in the original series or those movies but you always get the sense that he is considering his actions and trying to listen to his heart and his friends onto what the right thing to do is
0: And even in Enterprise, where, like, I will accept the argument that the humans in that show are incompetent, it is not that they, like, don't know how to work an engine. Yes. (laughs) It is a very different and more, like, thematically pointed form of incompetence, uh maybe not intentional like a lot of my reason the, the way i enjoy enterprise comes from the fact that it's like a regressive show written by idiots but also about regressive idiots so i like it like lends my read of star trek as a whole uh like it I fits into that very nicely But yes. i'm not here to say that it's actually genius because of it no um uh but yeah no like even that is like way better like reams above the way they portray kirk in this movie it's just so bad yeah
1: do we have a third we have email Twitter questions oh, i thought we yeah, had a third that, email
0: well we was from crass it was oh, a right, bad right. joke which yes. you said not to read but now yeah I no
1: mentioned it. uh shout out to crass for pointing out that uh pike is literally every high school military recruiter that was a good day. yes
0: no that was the <laughs> bit that crass was we were like that's that's it you, there's the point because <laughs> they were like oh I, I, if i had emailed anything honest, it would have been about that and i was like you should have done that it's a good point
1: yes um, uh, Frankie sends in, if Star Trek 09 had been the next thing to happen after TOS, so no TNG, DS9, etc., would your opinions on the movie change? Oh, uh. that's... Oh. So, do the T and TOS movies exist in that universe? Yes, no. Like, some of them? Only the ones up till TNG, which is, like, one through four, or...
0: Um, I, I would, I say, I, I think the answer is yes, and it doesn't matter, because the stuff that, like, matters in the, like, the well, longer so, term...
1: I mean, specifically, like, Undiscovered Country doesn't exist without TNG uh like i know that movie, right. that movie exists it came out in the middle of tng and exists explicitly to explain events that are already writ in tng mm-hmm. um you couldn't do the things you do with that cast where everyone stands around going maybe we're just old and racist if tng didn't move past it to the point where like there is a broader tolerance in the galaxy
0: uh yes but oh nine is not about any of that so it wouldn't oh, yeah, like, no, change that's my true. opinion of that Like but, the things that it's about are about romulus and that's all tng stuff
1: Yeah, that's true. Also, the idea that Romulus matters or that Spock cares about Romulus are all things that come out of TNG. Yes, like you wouldn't you'd have to totally rechange the plot of like the way this universe links in the prime one. You could still have the same like basic plot, though, Um, and it'd still be bad because everyone jokes about TOS as like, oh, the cowboy diplomacy show where they show up and shoot everyone and fly off. And it sometimes is that, but it also tries very hard to be thoughtful in the context of 60s television. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of standing around talking philosophy and the speeches are dumber than they are in 90s Trek But that doesn't mean that the people delivering them don't believe in them or that they aren't thoughtful in their own ways given the era in which they aired, right? Yep.
0: And especially because of the way it was produced and is essentially, especially early on, is like just a bunch of disparate sci-fi scripts. Like sometimes you get something really thoughtful and really good and sometimes you get something more messy. And, you know, like it's it's all over the place in a way that 90s Trek is more, like there's less variation in the way shows are produced. Yep. Um, but like I don't know like it's a bad movie it's a bad movie and I would have less nerd complaints about it I wouldn't care about Star Trek in the same way because well, yeah, my entire like, appreciation of Star also, Trek also nobody TNG.
1: would care about Star Trek if TOS yeah. was the only thing that existed like that fandom all would have aged out and died and there would have been still a couple people who cared about it the same way people care about like the prisoner which is like me obviously but like there aren't that many people in the world uh, and that's it what
0: would, what would be the equivalent of of um like what because What would have aired in, I guess, nineteen? Now it's twenty eighteen. It'd be nineteen, like the seventies, the mid seventies. Like, what if they brought back something today that was from the mid seventies that had the same kind of like level of Star Trek? I don't even know what the fuck that would be. I mean, it's like like
1: Charlie's Angels, right? Like that's the one.
0: Charlie's Angels is a good one, yeah, and no one cared. Yeah, (laughs) those movies were bad and no one cared. I mean, Like, like
1: Mission Impossible is a show that existed. The movies bear nothing about Mission Impossible aside from the name.
0: I know a person who hates those movies because they're, oh no, they made yeah, it bad. There's guys. always
1: someone because someone always cares about some TV show they saw as a kid on syndication all the time.
0: Yeah, no, I just, they really cared about um, making the guy from. It's Phelps from Mission Impossible? Yes, it's better? Phelps, yes. Because yes. he's the traitor in the first movie. Yes. He's from the show. Um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, I, I like it's impossible to answer. Like my things about like, I don't like about this movie are just because the movie's bad. It's like obviously, but I wouldn't care about Star Trek without TNG. It is impossible to imagine that world. Well. Yeah, so different.
1: The, yeah. If it was just if it just appeared on our doorstep, it would just be shitty Star Wars.
0: Yep, and there's infinite. There's a bunch of those movies, and I don't like them. Either. Yeah,
1: but this movie is shittier than the shittiest Star Wars.
0: I, I mean, like fake Star Wars, but yes,
1: yes. <laughs> um
0: like I just blockbuster number 2. I generally yeah, don't like sure. it.
1: Sure. But like I hate this movie more than I hate the Clone Wars, which is the worst Star Wars film.
0: Uh oh, you mean Attack of the Clones. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um that's fair. Oh, do Oh. Hmm, that's a tough one. Do I hate it more than Attack of the Clones? I mean like I hate it like I guess I by default do cuz I care more. Yeah.
1: But like Attack of the Clones at least has things I can laugh at. There's very little I laugh at in Star Trek 9.
0: That's fair. That is true. But what do I laugh at in Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones is the worst one.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's,
0: oh. it's like, th- the thing I laugh at is that one shot in the Jedi Temple where there's like six different FMV pasted in people working <laughs> on different planes. <laughs> like, yes, that's the comedy you get in Attack of the Clones. Do we have any other questions? We are running out of steam.
1: Yes, uh, we have one last one from our friend Trippy Jing on Twitter it's a two-part question one can you imagine can you imagine the original cast listening to the beastie boys uh yes um, uh specifically yes, specifically i can imagine both william shatner and george k loving the beastie boys but never in the same room
0: uh i can imagine william shatner tweeting about the beastie boys
1: <laughs> yes george k would never ever tweet or post on facebook about the beastie boys <laughs> yeah um
0: I don't know. Yeah, it's just a song. It came out in the 90s. They probably heard that song.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, they, 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 most of those people were alive in the 90s, and some of them are still alive and active today. I bet they've heard a Beastie Boys song in their time.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's not outlandish to me. Sorry.
1: Yep. Uh, the second question much harder to answer maybe we might i assume you've thought of an answer for this i definitely have if you had to pick a different time period in the original trek canon for spock and the narada to come to what would it be
0: i did pick an answer for this but mine was a joke answer
1: okay uh please give me your joke answer it's the 1800s oh (laughs) (laughs) carbon creek time that's not my answer but that would have been a great answer
0: Uh, data's head. (laughs) God. Uh, God, I don't know.
1: You don't have a real answer?
0: (sighs) Like, where... Like, it's it's literally just... The only other answers are, like, in Enterprise or... In Discovery. Like those are the two things that happened before 90s track. Like I guess they could have gone back to the beginning of TNG era track and then have been like, man, what happened in the last 20 fucking years?
1: The um, yes, yeah, so the only actual answer that makes any sense and I would love to see, and doesn't exist, obviously, is that they went into post enterprise enterprise timeline in the Earth Romulan War.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, but no. Like, yes, that is the one that makes the most sense in a cursed way.
1: Yes. <laughs> like I I see it because Because then you have a timeline in which Spock, like, brokers a peace deal between them instead of a ceasefire, right? I hate it.
0: This is just fucking that episode of Doctor Who where he undoes the Time War. Uh,
1: No, because the Time War isn't a thing that happened writ in Star Trek, right? (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, like, you can't, like, undo,
0: you can't go, have, living the fantasy of going back to, like, this conflict that sets up tension, and undoing it through being good, uh, I don't know, like, it's yes, it's not as bad as that I said Doctor Yes, F. but, F. like, fucking what,
1: what if you but. get a movie about a, or, like, a book about a world in which the Federation was Earth and Romulans and Andorians making the Federation instead of Vulcans?
0: I mean okay yes. If that's that it's like in a context of a book and not a big movie uh and it's like we're going to explore what if they went back then and what would have happened to the Romulan War. I would read that book. Are you kidding me? I would write that book. Like yeah. like yes, of course. That's of course yes. Cuz so, the, sure, cuz
1: then when everyone's sitting down at the table, the Vulcans look at the Romulans and they go, "Fuck this, we hate those guys and leave." And they're like, "Well, I guess we'll make a federation without them, right?"
0: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, no, that that would be interesting. I would read like an alternate timeline thing about that. Yeah. So, yeah, and then Old Spock
1: is just there brokering this whole thing.
0: Old Spock is like l- using his knowledge but because so much has changed it's all meaningless now.
1: Yeah. Um but even like... if he doesn't have knowledge of the future, he's still fucking Spock, right? Like he's a, he he knows how oh, to yeah, be a no. di- diplomat.
0: He doesn't become like useless, uh, yes. useless, but uh he doesn't he can't like recreate the universe he knows. It's been fu- un- fundamentally altered and cuz in the, they don't do anything interesting with the timeline stuff in O Nine. It's just all the we're all different but we're all in the ship destiny 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 and it's yeah. bad uh whereas if you like if you actually made something fundamentally different happen and have like no ground beneath your feet that would be more interesting
1: yeah
0: uh, so yes i'll accept that's fine I'll, I'll go with that
1: yeah uh that's it that's all the questions uh next month obviously we're reading
0: drastic measures
1: drastic measures uh and we are watching yesteryear and data's day you can find all the information on the website uh obviously that website is star trek Space jackson other than that what is the plugs for our show oh god
0: i'm so so exhausted this podcast takes remember when we were gonna do this at the end of like two other podcasts
1: yeah that's why i said we couldn't do it yesterday
0: <laughs> correct
1: true yesterday slash four <laughs> weeks ago slash in a week <laughs>
0: Okay, the other podcasts are at abnormalmapping.com. There is Abnormal Mapping, which is a Game Club podcast at the bestgame.club. We also host the Amory Score, which is me and Molly going through the journey of Cohen Cambria and the Amory Wars and all those comics. It's a disaster. It's hilarious. It's great. Good podcasts. Uh, The one that's coming out this week slash three weeks ago at this point. Very good. Strong closing line. That's the hints. I guess you've already heard it. Um... We also have Fireside Friends, which is at FiresideFriends.net That is Ryan Allen and Katie's show Uh, We have Novel Not New, a visual novel game club that is with M, Jen and Six. It's a great show I like it a lot Uh, In addition to
1: that Oh, sorry, that was a pitch to me (laughs) That was a pitch to you We, god i'm just gonna leave this i don't care it's been a long show uh we are listener supported at patreon.com slash up mapping there are a variety of tiers in which you could support us for one dollar a month you will get a bonus podcast the great gundam project went to me and jackson once a week sit down talk about two episodes of the anime series gundam uh from the beginning to whatever comes out by the time we're done we are currently in zeta gundam we'll be in zeta gundam for quite a while it's a good time um it's a, it's, you know, it's not dissimilar to the things we talk about here, uh, just in a radically different context. The way in which we think about space is entirely formed by Star Trek, the way we think about the world and politics is often informed by Star Trek. And we bring that stuff into Gundam in a way I think it's really good. Um, so give it a listen if you haven't, if you can spare the money and thank you for supporting our shows. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being other than that. Uh, and I do some let's plays on our YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash abnormal mapping. That's everything I've got, Jackson, unless you forgot to plug your Twitter. I don't remember. I did. I Head falls
0: off. That's me.
1: Okay. Uh, go to our Discord. We have a Star Trek channel. We talk about Star Trek all the time. Uh, we talk about Discovery news as it's starting to slowly trickle out for season yeah, two. Yeah, I Very know. Exciting. I'm so excited. Uh, we'll talk about the stuff that's been announced so far when we do our Discovery episode. There's no reason to talk yes. about it now. This is for people who might not have seen Discovery. Um but we won't talk about it. Don't worry about it. Cause we're really excited and I will digest all of it. Um, and we already have incredible theories that cannot be true because the show won't go in that direction and we'll d- undoubtedly be disappointed, but that's half the fun. Uh, it's,
0: uh, it's happening again. It's hap- there. I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm beaming, beaming. I say, thank you uh, so much for listening.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Come back next month. And until then, I will see you out there.